welcome back to a tale of two rivals. One nerd, one champion, and a special plus one who fiercely banter to bring you the best fantasy football podcast out there. Who am I joined by? You're joined by FF underscore Spaceman Dave Wright. And I'm, it's been a while, gentlemen, and we're back. And man, I am excited to get get talking this week, man. And we're, we're plus one. The plus one is back. Who's our special plus one? Yeah, you got Sean at FF underscore Walrus Kennedy back into the mix after a definite hiatus. Back on the scene, feeling exhausted, but ready to rock. I've missed you guys. I didn't think I'd ever say that, or like at least publicly admit it, but I missed you guys. You're not a man of many emotions. You're not very outwardly with the emotions, so I'll take that, dude. Yeah. That's like almost saying you love us. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's good. The rivalry's a sham, guys. We're not really rivals. We're just we're just a big bunch of teddy bears. Oh no, <laughs> I am a huge rival with you. I, I, I love to troll you, Dave. It's a good old time. But yeah, I would actually say my rivalry with J-Pow is softened now that he is a co-manager with me. Gentlemen, anything new? I mean, I'm going to let Sean go nerd first. He's got, some, he's got a lot that's happening. As of today, the baby is three weeks old and crying and up late. And yep. we, uh, we just had to evacuate the house for a couple of days to get some emergency work done. So that was a real treat of me, the wife, the baby, and two cats on the move for three days. It was crazy. A lot of sleepless nights. Inadvertently ended up using woman's shaving cream for a couple of days on my face. Liked it. I'm fully committed now. I'm in. Oh, definitely. Oh, it was. It's a game changer. Anybody out there in listener, especially you guys in Lithuania, I highly recommend just switching to Avino's woman shaving gel. It's just it's so pleasant. It's soft. It just it does wonders to your skin that Gillette is really not holding up its end of the bargain on. It's not the best a man can get, apparently. It's not. It's just, it's yeah. truly not. I, hey, man, sounds like things, I mean, outside the evacuation, sounds like, you know, things are going as they should. Yeah, you know? pretty and, smooth. And, uh, yeah, it's a ride, man. Dave, what about you, man? What's going on with you? Todd, it's been a busy week. I just had my two-year wedding anniversary with a beautiful Quinn Flatley. That was exciting. That's why we didn't record last night, because I for, I didn't piece together that we couldn't record on Tuesday. Ooh, nice sidestep around saying forgot. That was a good catch. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, maybe Quinn might have overheard you potentially planning to record. Our anniversary is Tuesday. I just didn't connect the dots. That means that I can't do my normal Tuesday things. <laughs> gotcha. So, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> once I got funny, that message clear as day, I was like, oh, okay. So I need to reschedule some things. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And then I was like, I told you priorities and I was upset. But no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm glad you had a good anniversary. I was about to say, and it was nice to, it was a good way to start off because I got to watch my SFBX team for the oh. Scott Fishbowl notch our first win. So now I know hey. how Todd feels. One in four, I feel like a winner. Oh, God, I am, <laughs> I am on top of the world. Watch out, SFBX. I am coming for you. I wasn't going to say this 68% winning percentage across 12 teams. I'm pretty excited about it, boys. I got to tell you, my big thing has been. My love for Devi is finally back. It was so hard to get excited about Devi leagues because college football was just a sham of like what was going to happen. It's going to be again at some point. But in this little window of hope and with the SEC coming back, it just got my spark going. And it is now my fantasy mission to find a way to get Travis Etienne on one of my teams. And it will freaking happen. It will happen. 
Gentlemen, question of the day. You know what, Dave? Why don't you introduce the question of the day? Oh, so we'll feel a little. <laughs> We're feeling a little seasonal this week, and you know, it's, it's October, mid-October, and we're starting to think about Halloween. Some people might not be having Halloween because of the way the world is right now, so let's go back in the old memory box and think of our favorite Halloween costume we had at any point. Could be as a kid, could be in college, could be as an adult, a couple's costume, whatever it is. Sean, what is your favorite costume? Yeah, so for me, costumes, they need to break down into one of two categories. The first category is just some incredible wordplay. Or the second category would be just a huge nostalgia factor. And there was one time in college I dressed up as Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, which, I mean, you guys know me. That's not hard to pull off. I basically just needed red pants and a green shirt, and the rest of it just all falls into place. And I walked around handing out Scooby snacks and extra special brownies all night, and it got a lot of play. It was fantastic. Nice. I'm hoping nice. to establish my new favorite this year. I'm trying to talk the wife into dressing up as a deer, and I will be going as a pickle. And we'll have a delicious wordplay couple's costume. All right, then. All right, then. Um, I would like to say that a Scooby-Doo gang costume would be an amazing thing to actually happen someday. Mm. You know? Yeah. I love that. Dave, what about you, man? Yeah, so my favorite, I had I had a few in college that I really liked, but I was just out of college, and me and my now wife at the time, girlfriend, Quinn, we, I, as Sean and Todd know, is that I am I love the feminine sugary drinks. I'm, I love my Mike's Hard Lemonade. Feminine? Throw, feminine? Feminine. I don't think I've ever is. heard you refer to it like that Wait a minute, why is it gender-based? It, 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 what, well, this, at I'm the time. Offended. It, I'm offended. I'm offended. So it used He's to be triggered, called David. a female dog drink. They used to call me Dave, female dog drink, uh, right? And because we are now woke on this podcast, I am now Dave gender neutral drinks, right? And that's a, a true story. That is my, my fantasy football team name in our home league. So, yeah. Uh, so what we did is my I dressed up as a Mike's Hard Lemonade. We like got poster board out and like really... Uh, an exact replica of a Mike's Hard Lemonade bottle. And then my wife came dressed, or she was dressed up as a Pabst Blue Ribbon can. So really to offset the, or just really highlight the nature of our relationship. Uh, yeah, so that was my favorite costume. I love it, man. I love it. So, gentlemen, I'll do my last one. My last one was Raphael uh, from the Ninja Turtles. Obviously, yes, I was Raphael. So there was other people that were playing Ninja Turtles because nobody would pick Raphael. Though he really does fit my personality because I am a bit uh ornery. So <laughs> Wait, is that the blue one, Todd? Oh, Dave. Just... <laughs> Dave. <laughs> He's the one with with the weird looking knives. I know exactly who he is. I'm just messing with yeah. him. He he's very stubborn and always just worked up. So uh classic roommates costume. Jay Powell is part of that. Ballard and uh Kelsey and uh Kelsey's now wife. Lindsay was April O'Neil. Oh, awesome. By far, the cheapest costume award goes to me, who probably spent about 30 bucks, where uh, Bauer spent about probably 150 It was uh, It was an epic costume. It was a Halloween party at our house, and it was a good time. So let's get into our actual show topic. Today, it's the buy episode. You know what it is. Buy them. Go get them. Might get this themselves, but we're really going to try to focus on the buys tonight. And when we're talking about who to buy... The focus is talking on if you are rebuilding your team. So to be clear, 
this rebuild definition is about coming to that conclusion that it's time to deconstruct and tear your roster down. It's a difficult thing to accept, takes effort and time, but essentially you need to just start over. It's not retooling, getting a few pieces, you're hitting the reset button. You'll need to target players with high potential to match a price tag that might be surprisingly lower than expected. And you know, you're trying to kind of bank on that potential working out for you. So here's the question I have for you, gentlemen. So when is it time to rebuild and just tear it down, boys? Sean. Most deaf said it best. It's all mathematics. Whenever you are eliminated from the playoffs, that's when you go in a rebuild. And whether it is a full strip it down to the studs and build it back up rebuild, or just kind of like a quick turnaround, I need to get two or three real good veteran players or good draft picks to beef my team back up to get into the playoffs, will be determined by how close you come. If you hit, if you hit week five and you're already out, you need to be selling everything, everything, yep. including the floorboards, to try and get every asset you can for next year. You know, if you make it to, you know, most league deadlines are like week 10, week 11. If you make it to week eight, maybe it's a smaller rebuild. You're, you know, you're getting rid of Adam Thielen, Todd Gurley, the older players who you know aren't going to have the high shelf life and you're trying to cash them in for picks, younger players. Uh, one of my favorite moves is always checking out the IR spots. Who's out for the year and who can you try and worm in off that list? Heck yeah. You know, so if you're if you are trying to trade with a competitive team and they're looking for a trade because they lost Cortland Sutton, try and work Cortland Sutton in there. The day that uh, Saquon went down, I almost had Saquon for a late first in Todd Gurley, and that would I would have been very happy with that. So I feel like that's what it is. It's just how close are you to the playoffs, and that determines how heavy you need to hit this rebuild. I like it. I, I think. The one thing I would say is when you're only moving a few pieces, my definition would call that retooling a little bit more. Well, I mean, I didn't realize we were going to split hairs here, Todd. I, I'm just saying, man, for me, when I, I'm just, I'm just giving you my opinion. God, I'm sorry. You're so sensitive, David. Just well, go. I, you know, I just, Sean, I wish I had Sean, thought of that Sean, because that was the perfect Sean, terminology. Sean, take a minute. Go take some, go take some deep breaths. I'm sorry to offend you, Dave. Go ahead. It's your turn. So for me, it's time to rebuild <laughs> when you, when you don't think you have a playoff caliber team. Uh, just because you are off to a tough start and a few tough matchups and your record is not what you thought it would be going into the season doesn't mean it's time to start your rebuild then. No, it's okay to wait a couple extra extra weeks to make sure your team isn't make a run at the playoffs. And then once and then once you know that you're out of play, you think your team does not have what it takes. It's time to start that rebuild. And it doesn't mean you have to start selling right away. It's just t- it's time to start thinking that way or working some trade negotiations negotiations in. And also thinking and waiting for players to sell at the right time. Sell after a big week. Don't just because a player is doing poorly doesn't mean mm-hmm. you need to sell him right then. Wait till he hits a, a boom week and then trade him away to sell to a, a, a contender. And also just I actually have a little bit of disagreement exactly what it means for Todd when he was talking about like how to go about rebuilding. For me, it, rebuilding doesn't just mean you sell off your good players for draft picks or young players. Um, I do want to trade away like depreciate depreciating players in their value, like uh, Drew Brees, Julio Jones, and other veterans, because their trade value is probably been been higher at that time. But if I have like a Juju Smith, doesn't mean I need to sell him right now because I'm rebuilding. I might have to wait until his value recoups a little bit before I trade him away. And I also don't mind acquiring buy low veterans when I think that their va- their value is going to increase and I can sell them later to a contender. So I don't mm. need to just get draft picks 
I don't need to just get young players. I need I, I like to be flexible. And a perfect example of that is Cam Newton, who he's mm. not, he was not a young player. He was someone who had a depreciating value because he hit a he had a snag in his career. His his value tanked, buy low, his value rebounds, and then you sell him for a premium. So that's kind of how I go about the rebuild. It's not just, you know, draft picks and young players for in a rebuild. No, that's a really good point. And that's definitely like there's definitely multiple angles to take. I think my whole point is like that's like the obvious thing that most people are targeting in rebuilds. They're like picks because picks obviously just hold like phenomenal value because they're you know they're blank slates essentially liquid currency perfect you know what i mean and then um young talented players obviously if you're rebuilding you're looking to look towards the future so you don't want to be like getting guys at the end you know what i mean but no i totally buy into the whole idea of buying vets buying them low to be able to sell them later to a contender if you had done that like so in our league right now if you had done that and you have a running back Maybe Frank Gore. I might actually buy him right now because I am in running back hell. So, um, yeah. So that's like the kind of thing. Like, what do you, you might be able to get like a pick for a guy that was worth like nothing at one point. You know what I mean? So, good point, Dave. So, for me, like, let's first of all say, like, if you're winless, you're not rebuilding. You just suck at fantasy football. All right. So, if you're like in the basement, and you haven't won a game, like, you just suck. That's not rebuilding. You just need to reprioritize. So, um, so they should quit so, fantasy is what you're saying? No, like maybe read more. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Listen to our podcast. Re-listen. I don't know. There's plenty of resources out there so you don't suck anymore. I'd consider it's more like what I would consider fantasy purgatory. Where you're in that like 7-9 spot where you're like, okay, like, do I like retool a little bit to be able to get like into the playoff conversation? Or am I just going to blow this whole thing up and just try to... So for me, rebuilding is like, you're pretty much just building that baby out because you see those juggernauts ahead of you and or there's a couple of contenders just a few pieces away. You just know that in that next year or two, you're not getting there with what you got. It's time to just start start the slate over. Your prospects are bleak. Look towards the future. Blow it up. Get picks. Get youth. If you got a young guy, doesn't mean you have to move him like you were saying with Juju. Part of rebuilding is mean you sell everything. What parts of your team do you want to keep as your foundational blocks? So for me, rebuilding is more about that purgatory. You're not quite a playoff team. If you became a playoff team, are you actually legit a contender to win a title? If you're not, time to start thinking about doing something else. That's my definition of rebuilding. With that said, do you guys have any rebuttals about that first? Uh, I I think anyone who's not in the playoffs rebuilding because you're trying to get better. So even if you're 0-5, you're trying to get better. I still think that's rebuilding, but I understand your point. No, you suck. You're not rebuilding. You're not rebuilding. You're, you're, You're pretty much... Just trying again, you know? So, I'm like, there's nothing to build from. So, you just suck. Uh, Dave, what's your first buy, buddy? So, speak of the devil, Juju Smith-Schuster. One of the most shocking things I've learned this season is that Juju isn't good at football. Did you guys know that? Juju's never finished 18 points per game as a 21-year-old rookie. Juju was never wide receiver eight at 22 years old, and he never commanded a 25% target share in the same wide receiver core as Antonio Brown. That never happened. We just saw it last year, guys. 2019 has nothing to do with his injury or anything like that. Juju just isn't very good. At least that's the narrative, Todd. That's what 2020 is telling us. Juju and Sean, I should say. And Juju has a five five yard A dot this season. That's half of what his career A dot has been. Uh, this is less than Larry Fitzgerald and the same A dot as Jason Mother Bleepin' Witten. Are you kidding me? 
And this seems like a, a by design. This is the Pittsburgh game plan. I don't understand why they're deploying AJ, or Juju. I almost had a slip of the tongue there with AJ Green. I don't know why they're deploying <laughs> Juju Smith in this way, because in the opportunity that he has, he's been doing a pretty decent job with it. And, and just one of the things that, that drives me crazy, Mr. Glass, Deontay Johnson himself, has left two games early oh. with injury, and Pitt doesn't care. Oh, Deontay Johnson's gone? No, we're not going to give more targets to, to Juju Smith. We're just going to, oh, we're just going to throw four touchdowns to the Greek god who underperformed all through college. That's who we're going to give four touchdowns to. Are you going to so, still make fun of a guy after he scores four, four touchdowns in a game? I'm just saying, if you can score four <laughs> touchdowns in the NFL, why weren't you doing better in college? So, Dave, you already know the answer. Dave. It's, it's because, as you like to tout, Pittsburgh develops fantastic wide receivers. They it's do. what they do best. They do. You maybe, say it all the time. Maybe Philadelphia shouldn't put linebackers on a guy who can run 4-4-5 four, four, or whatever you can <laughs> run. Maybe do that, Pittsburgh. I mean, Philadelphia. Anyway, so Juju actually has been extremely efficient given his role which reinforces the idea to me that he actually was good early in his career and that this isn't just, oh, Juju's not actually that good. I heard that, I've heard, been hearing that a lot. And, and what has shown that for me is Juju has a is top five in his racer, which is an excellent metric that it's basically an efficiency metric for wide receivers. And so for the players around his depth of target, Juju is in the top five in that category. He's been extremely, he's basically been Robert Woods, except without the volume. He's just as efficient as Robert Woods has been and Juju has, it just shows me that when Juju leaves Pittsburgh next year or at the end of the season, things are going to be better. I'm willing to acquire him at his value is depreciated big time. He is, he feels like he can be very cheap. I want to sell him in my league because I'm depressed about it. And I had a talk with Peter Howard. I feel a lot better now and I'm, I'm going to hold him. I'm ready to go trade from other places. I am going to bet on that talent. I, I do not, you're not telling me that Juju just isn't good. It doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense, Jonathan. What's your prediction for him for next year? Where will he be? I have no idea, Sean. I'm not. I'm not uh, Miss Cleo, so I can't tell you. It but is, he, I, but he, but he is now a doctor calling somebody Mister Glass. I'm just saying. Yes, yes, I am now a doctor. Well, after I got the George Kittle thing right, I am now officially a doctor. Oh, so okay. So I'm just saying, I'll t I'm willing to bet that the team that invests a pretty hefty contract because that's what I need to sign Juju somewhere. It's going to be a pretty big contract. That team's actually going to target him. And use him appropriately. That's my guess. So I'm willing to bet on that, especially for the price that he is right now. I bet you could get him for a late first right now. You could get Juju easily. Uh, uh, I have Juju in a few places. I wouldn't do that. Dave, you have Juju. Would you Would you give yeah. up? I thought about doing some two-for-one deals where I would definitely overpay. Yeah, I, I do think that Juju probably, I mean, his, his value is definitely taking a hit. So... If you're still a Juju believer, now would be the time to be able to buy in. Um, yeah, no, I can get behind that, Dave. I think it's a good buy, for sure. I, you know, I'm not really sure exactly where I would rank him with certain other guys, but if the price is right and somebody was panicking and you could get him cheap, yeah, for sure. That's that's a good investment. You 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 sound pretty panicked. Who who's your uh, who's your next one, dude? Gabriel Davis is my next one, and this is a type of what if I'm rebuilding. I want to acquire young, inexpensive talent that maybe people haven't caught up on yet. They don't realize that they're ascending. Uh, they might be still holding on to their draft, their draft um, grades on. This is a, a prime target where you can get a, a big ROI on because he's been doing very, he's been very interesting early in the season. And just looking back at Gabriel Davis, he was a solid prospect coming out of UCF. Uh, and Sean and I's rookie wide receiver rapid reaction series we did for Dynasty Football Factory. 
and we did we released it on draft day and we, we were we hit it right on the head sean i was looking at our analysis so this is what it was we said he had age 19 breakout age he said he had 73rd percentile career average scrimmage yards 80th percentile scrimmage touchdowns and 63rd percentile scrim yards per team play so he was extremely productive at a major conference he met the necessary thresholds for NFL wide receiver athleticism and had fourth round, fourth round draft capital, all check, check, checks. So then the only reason I, the only analysis I had is why I had of why I didn't want to draft him higher was because he landed on the run first bills and the jo- the abyss that is Josh Allen, at quarterback. Well, I did a really <laughs> good job evaluating that situation. So you look at their passing a ton now and Josh Allen is doing his best Patrick Holmes and in, Mahomes interpretation. So I'm I'm kidding. I'm being oh, sarcastic, Todd. Sarcastic. That's terrible. Here. That's even a terrible use of sarcasm. Move on. I'm just saying things are looking extremely good for Gabriel Davis, and it's showing. Week one, he had two targets and on a 49% snap share. That's not bad for a fourth round rookie pick. Uh, week two, one target, but he also had a touchdown and only 36% of the snaps. Okay, all right. Week three, four targets for 81 yards, 75% of the snaps. Week four. One target for 26 yards and a tutty on 49% of the snaps. And then week five, 100% of the snaps, nine targets, 20% target share, and 58 yards. Not bad, not bad for a rookie wide receiver in Buffalo with Josh Allen. So great low-cost investment that could pay def- dividends for a rebuilding team. I think worth noting to just pile on with Dave's point a little bit too is, right, John Brown missed a game last week. He's got a history of missing games. We know he's diagnosed with sickle cell leukemia, but this seems to be the year of hamstring injuries as well. He's only with the Bills for next year, and they only have a $1.6 million dead cap hit on him. And then he's gone in 2022. You know, this could be a future wide receiver too for this team. Future? It's happening now, possibly. So we could see by the end of the season. He could... <laughs> well, un- undisputed. How about that? Calm yourself. I mean, you're talking about... Let's see here. Todd, that's just how much he believes in Josh Allen. Uh, eight, eight targets in across four weeks, and then one game, Dave's like losing his mind. But Chase Claypool has four touchdowns, and he still sucks. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a good buy low cost invest as like, I would call that a stash at this point. But yeah, I know. I I think it's a, it's a fine buy. I doesn't, doesn't really get me excited, David, you know? So the best part about buys, Todd, the best part about buys is, and the, you look at the true league, I'm not saying that Gabriel Davis is a league winner or anything. But you look at moves that people make to win leagues or mm-hmm. drastically change their team. Nobody thought it was good at the time. It wasn't the popular thing. You yeah. go with just what everyone is doing, and it's it's that's not always the best way to go with it. So it's good to be contrarian. No, look I for get those it. edges. I, I'm just saying, like you know, I I think it's a good move. I I don't think it would cost that much. Um, but at the same time, it's I'm still not really sold on the on the Bills' offense. I mean, they didn't really look fantastic against a team that's not exactly a phenomenal defense in Tennessee. No, I think it's a fine buy. I think it's cheap. Now, Sean's first buy gets me excited. Yeah, I mean, you know, get me a vest, some knee-high boots, and a pumpkin spice latte because this is probably the most basic buy that exists at the moment because I think everybody is looking this same direction. But the writing's on the wall here for Mecole Hartman to just light it up. The Mm -hmm. Lizard King is out. He's down with a hamstring injury. He has a history of disappearing when he's healthy, let alone when he's (laughs) hurt. And this is a guy who thinks he can dream his way around science and science just came and slapped him in the face. He's leaving a 15.3% target share up for grabs. And he had the second most red zone targets out of anybody on the team behind Kelsey. Now Hardman doesn't have that same height weight profile that Kelsey does. So I'm not saying he's going to slide right in and just be 
the number two red zone guy. But those are targets. That's things that are up for grabs. And what we've seen from Hardman is that when he has the ball, magic can happen. But he hasn't had the ball a lot. And they're leaning on him a little bit more this year than they did last year. And Mahomes is just, he's a magician. In our, in our home league, I was playing the guy that has Mahomes. I was watching Red Zone. And every time they flipped to that Chiefs game, I had like a heart attack. I'm like, oh my God, what, what is it? What is it? Is it a 75-yard touchdown that he threw off his back foot while being tackled? <laughs> Yeah, and I think just between Mahomes' ability to extend the play, Hardman's speed, route running, and then if they end up in a broken play situation, how fast he can move around the field, he's going to be able to do a lot. His yards against the catch, all of his advanced metrics look really good for the sample size that he has. And I think the fact that the Chiefs were willing to let Watkins go and Watkins had to basically pay them to let him stay on the team means that they just were ready to say, you know what? No, we got me Cole. We're good. He's, he's the next guy up. He's our wide receiver two. He's our third pass catcher. Let's go. And I think now's the time to jump in when that sample size is still small because the first game he has where he rips off 110 and two touchdowns this year, forget about it. You're going to be paying through the nose. Yep, absolutely. I, I personally love this one because this was a guy that I was buying all offseason. So I just feel like, oh, affirmation. Love it. <laughs> um, yeah. No, but now that like with you know, and the other thing about Watkins too is is that like Watkins was gone after this year, anyways. You know what I oh, mean? Oh yeah, he's so. Stupid. So like, this is a guy that not only has that opportunity in front of himself, you're looking at a guy that's going to have opportunity with Pat Mahomes next year. Kelsey's thirty. Tyreek Hill is some injury issues too from time to time. Yeah, I love the Hartman pick. What about you, Dave? Any idea? Any feels on Hartman? He feels like you said he feels popular, and it and the people who have him, I know he's not going to be too too difficult to acquire as far as price but he is a pop people who have him i feel like they have a strong attachment for him he'd be difficult to acquire i do especially <laughs> yeah i do for sure so i can so, that that's true especially on the kansas city offense with everything that sean says this feels like this this feels like it's a very common held opinion in dynasty football that Michael hardman could explode with given opportunity so it, easier said than done to go get mccall hardman right now okay so here's where i'm thinking about if i'm targeting hardman would be if you're like moving on from, let's say, Lockett or Julio, and you target a guy that goes with Hardman, I don't know, I can't think of somebody off the top of my head, but you're like Tyler Boyd or something, and you got Julio, Tyler Boyd, Hardman, and then you throw in like another piece to kind of even out the deal, it's not a bad return if you're looking to rebuild. That's off the top of my head. So I feel like Hardman is a difficult guy to get like as like the centerpiece in the deal straight up where you're trying to lowball it. But having him kind of be the secondary part in the deal, I think that might be the way to do it if you're dangling something that's a little bit more shiny. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. That's definitely how you're going to have to do it. Have, you're going to have to do it. So Yeah, yeah that, I think that's the best way to approach that guy. So, Sean, I love that one. What about, uh, what about your next one, dude? So my second one was, he was a popular pick over the summer, and it's just, it's not gone well. As somebody who bought all over the place, was all about the hype, I was all in, and i just it hasn't paid dividends yet it's dj chark mm. you know everyone was saying coming in oh man he's he's going to be the one i mean he popped last year he was fantastic and so far it has not yielded great returns he's had two terrible games now he's hurt he had one he, i mean he had one unbelievable week two weeks ago against cincinnati but again cincinnati where he was eight catches 95 yards two touchdowns fantastic in the week before you know he kind of bailed himself out a little bit he was four for four for 84 yards but 
you know, he was kind of sneaky in there because one of those catches was for 45 yards. So that one big play comes out, his averages don't look good. He just doesn't look good. And he's being outscored by LaVisca Chenault, which, you know, they invested the capital in him. He's a great player. That's fine. But this broke my brain. And I used Dave's handy-dandy spreadsheet that's almost broke my computer trying to open it up. But he's being outscored by, cue your record scratch apps, Keelan Cole. What? And he's outscoring supposed alpha receiver on this team, GJ, DJ Chark. But I think that fits the narrative of this isn't a good team. You know, Gardner, I mean, I love Gardner to death. Give me the jorts and the handlebar all day. But he hasn't been, he hasn't had the same magic that he had last year. And I think that's, that's hurting everyone's value across the board a little bit. But assuming this injury is short-lived, the season has reason to hope for Chark. In the next, in the second half of the season here, the next 10 weeks, 10 games, 11 games that they have left, he gets Cleveland, he gets the Chargers, he gets Minnesota, Tennessee, Green Bay, and Baltimore which are all bottom half pass defenses. So there's a lot of opportunity there for him to take advantage of plus matchups and try and kind of salvage this season. And I think beyond the immediate returns, what's most important to look at with the receiver who's obviously talented and he's playing dinged up and he's playing for a team that nobody expects to go anywhere is that they're going to probably end up with Trey Lance, Justin Fields next year, um, I can't imagine a world in which the Jets aren't the first pick. So I think Trevor Lawrence is out the window for the Jags. But if they can bring in a great passer, Chark has the ability to just go wild. He's only 24. He's huge. He's great in the red zone. He's still leading the team in red zone targets, despite being outplayed by Chenault and Cole and only being a low-end wide receiver three for the first third of the season. And I think if people are sweating it, or if they were counting on him to be, you know, their wide receiver one, their wide receiver two for their dynasty team, and they're coming up short, and you can roll in with an Adam Thielen, and you can get DJ Chark and another piece back for your rebuild, you're going to be sitting pretty come 2021. Yeah, I, I, I love the Chark pickup. I, I don't agree with the QB piece, which I'll get into later. Well, actually, the QB piece, I think that it's Lawrence, and then I think it's a wide margin. For the QB being like a slam dunk, I I like their QB situation personally more so than them picking up somebody new this year. I do. Interesting. I, yeah, and, but I do like Shark. I do think that this is the guy that people thought was going to be the guy. He was in that that big like that big mess of wide receiver twos. Like somebody was going to fall out of it. He happened to be the guy that fallen out. People are. I feel like people are probably panicking more about him than say like a Juju. So that's a guy that if you're looking to take a risk and go out and buy a guy low, whereas his value is kind of tanking, that's the guy to get. Now, with that said, you got to go buy him now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, he's the kind of guy that you do not give a chance to be like, let me see if he bounces back. No, that's when his he becomes expensive again. Don't do that. If this is a guy that you believed in and you didn't get, and now, like, he's out there and you, that manager might not be about it anymore, go get him. Go get him. I like that one a lot. What about you, Dave? The issue with DJ Chark is, and I really like him as a player, the dream of him being a true alpha in this Jacksonville uh, offense, I feel like it might have, it might not be a reality more because I do think we've seen LaVisca Chanel as a pretty raw rookie, as legit talent. James Robinson, who has been sufficient in the running game. And 
I just think the idea that he can be like a true alpha, like the neck, there was a lot of people calling him the next Chris Godwin. That is difficult to see happening. So what I would do is I'd look for the people who went out and acquired DJ Chark this offseason with that in mind, thinking that he's going to take that big leap. And, and maybe they are feeling the most let down. They're feeling the most panicked. They spent all this extra capital to go get him. Try to see if there's a chink in their armor and acquire him. For remember me, more realistically, you're looking for a, uh, a wide receiver two on your team. And not, but that's still a great value in Dynasty. So I, and at, at this sure. age, I like DJ Yark. DJ Chark, I just don't think you're, I'm not acquiring him with the idea that he's going to become a, a, a locked in top 12 wide receiver from here on out. All right. I love that, Dave. I, I totally agree with you, too, that I, I think that's a guy that we need to keep in mind that might not be the alpha. And Chanel playing well makes me happy. I love Chanel, dude. He was a guy that, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I had huge question marks about him with health, and he looks great, dude. I think that that buy, actually, I just rearranged my order because it makes for a perfect segue into my first buy, which is Gardner Minshew. I really like Teddy Bridgewater. As a buy low for so this is in super flex format, by the way. If we're talking one QB, then you should not care. <laughs> Why you're listening to this podcast? Yeah, right. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is another guy I really like. He was a guy I was big on low for uh, preseason. I think Jared Goff's is a good another good buy low for uh, dynasty purposes too. But I was flat out out on Minshew. I was just out. I was not a believer. I hated on him just all the time. I was flat out wrong. I. I think I'd rather have Minshew than the other guys mentioned because of I think that he has a better price tag. I don't think you're going to need to give up as much because if you look at Teddy Bridgewater, you know, he's connected to like DJ Moore. Goff's been there. He's been good before. He's been, you know, he's a little more proven. Minshew to me looks, he looks really good when you watch him play. Looks really instinctively in the pocket. He moves around great. He's throwing great on the run. Great touch, accuracy, almost at 70% completion percentage. It's 69.9. I've been very impressed. You're looking at 30 more completions in three games, 300 or more yards in three games, two more TDs, two or more TDs in four out of five games. Their D sucks. Their D's awful. So he's going to be throwing a lot, and and he has played some bad competition. I think that I think they're going to stick with Minshew. I don't think they're going to, I mean, if they end up with the first pick, you're taking Trevor Lawrence and whatever. Go gamble on Minshew, and then if that happens, then, I mean, that's just a tough break. But I definitely think that defense is a huge problem for them, more than anything. It's not a great offense, but there's potential there. So between the numbers, but the eye test, he'll be throwing a lot. I think he's earned that starting job. He's a great super flex target in a rebuild, particularly because you're targeting him as probably your second QB. And I don't think it's going to take a ton to go out and get him as a QB. Let me have a gentleman. I mean, Dave, just what do you think happens? Do they get a quarterback next year? They're going to be sitting in the top seven. And I understand that Todd is gaga for for Lawrence, but Justin Fields is going to be a prize in himself, in my opinion. And the thing that for me is, is I think Doug Marone's gone after this season, or he should be gone after this season. That's fair. They got they and what? Why would you keep a? quarterback that you didn't invest a lot in whereas maybe you you pick I guess maybe he could be around for another season as a, as a tutelage guy and then he's but then you're dealing that whole uncertainty as your QB3 or QB2 and Superflex of when's the rookie going to take over and that no one likes having that situation play out so I agree with everything that Todd said Minshew was playing very well he has had some spotty things spotty games at times or moments 
there's things in Jacksonville to like. Their offensive line is getting better. Yep. There, there's things to like in the, with this team. On the offense? Yeah, on the offense. So, <laughs> it, it, yeah. I would have a hard time seeing him not having a job somewhere else. I could see them trading him away for a second-round draft pick at some point uh, to a team. So that could also happen, or a third-round draft pick. I don't think, even if he's not the quarterback for Jacksonville, I think Gardner Minshew has value. But maybe now might not be the time. Maybe at the draft, after Jacksonville takes a a quarterback, then you can acquire Minshew at a lower price. But I, I agree with Todd saying. Minshew is a good player. Well, okay. So not only on top of that, do I not think that they go after a QB just because I think that he fits the, they don't need one. I think that he's somebody who can make them competitive. I don't think replacing the QB right now is like the missing piece of that team. That defense is a huge problem, a massive problem. And I don't see them being a top two team. I see them being better at getting Jamar Chase or Swell or all the massive, disgustingly good defensive ends in this draft. So those are the things that they need more of. And also, like I'm saying, if you're going to go out and get Minshew, the price has got to be right, too. Because like you guys are saying, there's risk. There's Minshew mania out there, Todd. There's For Minshew sure. mania. If you're going to get it from the, like, if you're, if whoever has him is part of Minshew mania, he's not worth trading for. Like, J-Pal has Minshew. I will not be trading for Gardner Minshew in our league. Well, J-Pal is Gardner Minshew, right? That's just his spirit <laughs> animal. He's never going to give him up. Right. So that's a person you do not trade with because they overvalue people. So I'm that's fine. But everybody's not that sad. With that said, I really tried hard to look for a running back to talk about. <laughs> it doesn't exist, dude. It was like, I don't see a great buy window. It's kind of a mess. I mean, I don't want to like talk about this a lot. Do you guys see any running backs that came to any of your minds on a buy? Not for a rebuild. So yeah. the thing, that's the trick is as a rebuild, my philosophy is, is I secure my quarterback and wide receivers first because they're more liquid assets too. Like they're, yep. you know, so then running back. But I toyed with the idea of Miles Gaskin just because he's getting the opportunity. And I think he, people are st- like Todd don't like Miles Gaskin and they're underselling how actually good he was at Washington and how, so I think he's interesting for his price and the opportunity he's getting. But besides that, it would be it'd have to be one of these first year first contract running backs that I could just buy low on. Like if someone's wavering on DeAndre Swift, possibly that's like that's the only other thing okay. I can think of. J.K. Dobbins, people aren't people are are frustrated that why he hasn't broken out yet. That or Cam Akers with the injury. Those are the kind of players at running back. But besides that, I, I'm trying to stay away. Fair enough. What about you, Sean? Any any running backs? No, um, you know, I, I hear what Dave is saying. And I think if you kind of have this very specific formula where you have a veteran that, you know, won't be around for when your rebuild's complete or, you know, just a guy you feel like is on their last legs or something, and you can cash that in for Swift acres and you can pull that off because that person's desperate for a wide receiver to get in the playoffs or whatever the formula is that's out there. But I think that's a, that's a thin needle to thread. I think if you're in a rebuild, you're in your need running backs, you're looking at acquiring picks. Yep. For guys coming out next year. I think your running back core for the most part isn't in the NFL yet. The only guy that came to mind for me was 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 Frank Gore, because he's gonna be around for a while. <laughs> oh, well, so yeah. he, he's he's perfect for a rebuild. Is this a family um, league where you can get their kids as well when they come into the league? I got him in Debbie, dude. I, I he was my last <laughs> round pick. I'm like, just because it's Frank Gore Jr., I don't even care. So um So I I will have one more thing, Ty, to be contrarian. There is one player that Everyone is trying to sell that at least I hear an awful lot on, and that's Joe Mixon. And just for one particular reason, his week five usage, 
he saw eight targets. And his one of his best skill sets is his receiving ability. And if Zach Taylor finally wisens up and starts targeting Mixon in the passing game, that makes his weekly volatil- volatility a lot safer and a lot less. So that's the only thing, whereas he's a player that I could, who I think is extremely talented, you take advantage of the, the, the dip in value from the start of the season, you sell him this offseason or, or at some point, that's kind of the idea of getting Mixon. But he's, he's a high risk, high reward kind of guy where I might not, I, it's better probably just to stay away. But I'm, it's intended. Just because if he starts getting targets. If Zach Taylor stays his coach for the rest of the year, there's a good chance you might not want to wait till the offseason to trade him. That's another yeah. thing to think about. Zach Taylor is an awful coach. All right, my last buy. You guys ready for a shocker? It's CeeDee Lamb. God. Whoa. Oh, my what? God. I'm sorry, but if you're trying to rebuild, this is the perfect guy. Dave was raining on my parade about the whole top 12 possible prediction. And look where we're at, David. He's just being a beast. DK Metcalf, another one. So I think that this is a guy that you overpay for in a rebuild and build around. That's what I personally think, that this is a guy that's young. He's in a good offense. So I don't I, think you can get him. <laughs> I well, I actually think... You're very welcome point, to try, Todd. Well, I don't. Well, you don't want to give him to me just the with me you know what i mean i mean so, you can keep trying you can keep trying no i'm all set i go i try in other weeks now and i actually have them in like four feeling pretty good about that love dk metcalf too i just think lamb's a little more affordable actually than metcalf <laughs> they're both being ranked as the wide receiver one and two in <laughs> dynasty <laughs> but you told me that he can't be 12 couldn't be top 12 I, like what i'm just not even, like not even telling todd he can't not afford a lamborghini so he's like fine i'll just get a ferrari yeah. Are you trying to tell me that so like a month a month later this has already changed? I'm saying that a month later you're trying to tell me that when you told me I don't want to rain your parade that he can't be top 12 now that he's top 2 a mo- after 5 weeks. He's not my wide receiver one in dynasty. I'll tell you that much. I've learned my mistake of ranking young players too highly too quickly. That's what DJ, I'm saying. Though. DJ Moore. Hey, I I have refrained from saying him, but he'd be definitely be a buy for me. But I tried to go the whole show without talking about my baby. Todd failed. <laughs> no, that's fine for me. I I had my, nope. I I had to gloat because I I got absolutely just so much crap about saying he could be top twelve, and I'm like, I, the, this is the last time I'm saying it because you have to buy him now because it's about to be impossible. Dave saying you can't get him now. I don't agree with that at all. You will soon not be able to get him if he continues his pace. He's clearly their number two. He clearly has uh, wide one potential. You know, Dak's future is a little concerning. That might make people a little worried that he's going to be playing with Andy Dalton the rest of the year. You don't really know how people feel about certain things with that. If Andy Dalton stinks and that affects CD's value, that's the only prayer you have at this point. Right. He's still not the wide one on his own team, though he had 11 targets last week, which... That's pretty significant. He's put up insane numbers. You don't even need to go after it. He's in the same category with a lot of other guys that were probably already in the top 12, right? Why not try to move on from, let's say, you have Devontae Adams. You're looking to rebuild. Putting a package together where you're moving Devontae Adams and you're coming back and getting C.D. Lamb. That's a great rebuild move. Or if you have Julio, or if you have even Hopkins, right? Because these are guys that when you're in a rebuild, you're not trying to get back into it next year. You got to be patient. So there is plenty of opportunities for you to still go ahead and trade down to CD Lamb 
and then try to invest in him for the long term, Dave. So you can go out and get him. It's just a matter of what you're willing to give up to get him. And you could probably get Lamb Plus for some of those other guys I just named. Okay, let's play a game. Can we play our favorite game? I'll play our favorite game. Uh, Sean. Sean has CeeDee Lamb in our league. So this is, we'll just ask him, Sean, would you take Devontae Adams straight up for CeeDee Lamb? No. Exactly. And that's my point, right? The point in case. And uh, Sean's not being So being you're in a win-now think- situation. You're not going to take Devontae Adams. You're in a win-now situation. I offer you Devontae Adams. I'm second place right behind you. I mean, you are we speaking Devontae generally Adams, or like for my team? And that move loses you the league. That's what he asked you for your team. For my team specifically, I wouldn't because my team is good enough that Lamb can, Lamb can be my fifth person. If you're in a win-now situation, why wouldn't you take Devontae Adams over TD Lamb? I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. Because you're not well, content. Lam- Get out Lam- of this. I'm pretty confident has outscored him on the year so far. Yeah, well, and, yeah. Adams. Adams has been banged up. Has missed two games already. He's he's banged True. up. He's always banged up. I mean, we'll ask Doctor Dave what he thinks about that. But let me get my again. Results. If we're if we're keeping it specific to my team, yeah. And I'm slotting in Lamb behind Godwin and Michael Thomas and. Robert Woods, like that feels pretty damn good. I don't really yep. feel the need to give up however many years of CD Lamb I just signed up for to get Devontae Adams right now. I personally think that that's a contrarian take. I think a lot of people I mean, would move. Well, then that's on brand for me, I guess, but. Well, that's fine. I mean, I kind of feel like sometimes when you guys say, like, this is the way I feel like, I kind of feel like that might be against the grain in some of these situations. I think from what we've seen from C.D. Lamb so far, doing it in a field that includes Amari Cooper and Michael Michael Gallup's been disappointing so far, but You're he's me after no slouch. Five weeks, he's, he has higher value than Devontae Adams, who is the number one wide receiver on a lot of boards coming into the offseason. Yeah, but this is fluid. Remember how trash Devontae Adams was on boards for like two or three years, and then all of a sudden he was wide receiver five? Yeah, by the end of the year. Not his first year. No, but that's what I'm saying. Six time. It's been five weeks. Right, but it's if it's not taking weeks. time for Lamb, that speaks volumes. I'm, all I'm trying to say is that C.D. Lamb is the perfect guy to go out and try to build your team around. And giving up a lot of capital to get him it makes a lot of sense. You can put a package together to go get So C. you're C. supporting Lamb. my point, though. Why yeah. wouldn't I just do that? Why wouldn't I stick with him? Why would I trade for Adams? Because I actually do think that if you're, let's say, like, you're, I still think Adams is probably a better player for this season. And I think that that's buying low on Devontae Adams, big time. And if you're in a win-now situation. Also, let's also put it this way. You're essentially connecting a wide receiver between Aaron Rodgers, who's been discussing, and Andy frickin' Dalton going for the rest of the year. That's not really forward-thinking if you're trying to win now. Hey, hey, how relevant was A.J. Green when he had Andy Dalton? That's the kind David. of reason why you're going to finish second this year, and I'm taking the third title, dude. No, it will be because of running backs, and we all know that, and quarterbacks. It will not be because of CeeDee Lamb and Devontae Adams. How many points did he score this week, Sean? Who? Todd. That's I, I don't know. I a have, lot, a lot less than me. I know that. I know that I'm winning our points race by, I think, 90, and that feels pretty good. It's all good. You know, I didn't have Julio, Devontae. I had like... I had like a thousand guys injured and a thousand guys on by. So do I. So do I. I didn't have CMC, Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, Noah Fant, Melvin Gordon. Todd, I all right. I have some. Not people would love to hear us talk about this. I have some legit questions about C. Lamb. Todd, would you personally pay more than Devon? Would you do you? Would you do Devontae Adams plus for C. D. Lamb? Team agnostic. Team agnostic. Would you do that? 
Devonte Adams plus? No, I would I would consider so, it straight up. Okay, so it has to be straight up. For, so you're so that's you're talking the about five steps. week sample size. And the other thing too is that I'm saying that if you're in a rebuild situation, if I'm rebuilding, I have Devonte Adams and I offer him for CD Lamb to a team that's contending. I if for straight up that would be fair value and that would be a perfect dialogue to we start a conversation. Just saying Devontae Adams and something else to get Lamb and overpaying, you're essentially taking away the opportunity to be able to get a better deal out of that. Offering that straight up and starting a dialogue is the best way to do it instead of just throwing out the offer and overpaying, Dave, in the first offer. Hey, Sean, can you do me a favor? When we do the preview episode, could you replay how like pessimistic Dave was when I said the CD Lamb would be a top 12 wide receiver? Oh, no. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to ruin your parade. Oh, talk. Okay. Ugh. Okay. I that was less than a month he ago. He was Dave. my rookie wide receiver one still. So let's just still say yeah, that. Yeah, barely. You re- it was really Rager. Give me a break. You just didn't want to go out. No, no. I was no. It was, it was Rager. It was, it was Rager. Deep down, it was Rager. <laughs> so all right, nice. That they got a little fire going. I enjoyed. People that. wanted some feist. We got some feedback yeah. saying they want some feist. We brought it back. For yeah. Them. Well, I'm sorry that, you know, after a month of being ridiculed for saying I was too high on him and you guys are like, Michael Gallup's really good. I don't Michael know, Gallup uh, is really good. Michael Gallup is going to be better than C.D. Lamb. Yeah, you will suck. So I didn't um, say he was going to be better than C.D. Lamb. I said he was going to be better than... Actually, actually, you were pretty high on Gallup over the I said Gallup was going to be better than Amari. I said the season rankings would be no. Lamb, Gallup, Amari. No, no, no. Go back don't, don't tell me what I said. Go That's go below go. you, Todd. And I know you're so close to the ground that little is below you, but that is. I'm not telling. I'm not telling you what he said. I said to go back and listen. Just go back and listen. It's I feel like you're the one who needs to go back to listen. I know uh, what I said. I don't know. I, I I know what's in my mind. Todd's fight. Todd's Todd's been crying himself to sleep at <sighs> night because we we didn't love his boy. Because we confronted him with reality. Oh no, I I loved it because I'm gonna rub it in Dave's face for a very long time. Sean was Sean was like accepting of it, not really buying into it because he had no nuts, even though he already had them. But Dave was like, no, nah, no, nah, I don't buy any young players like that. I don't go that far out on a limb. Yeah. Not without them playing. Well, now so, I, yeah, okay. but now look what happened. Because now I just said to you that buying into him before then, now you're like, he's too expensive, Todd, after five freaking weeks, Dave. That's what happens when he at no nuts. You miss your opportunities. I'm telling you, man, it's after, like you said, keep saying five weeks. Marquise Lee was supposedly the wide receiver one. That is amazing. That's who I think Sean was thinking about, by the way. Oh, I looked it up. I was going to plug it at the end. That's exactly who I was thinking (laughs) was Marquise Lee. Yeah. (laughs) Keelan Cole has been in Jacksonville his whole career. And on top of that, he's never missed a game. Yeah. (laughs) But I had him confused with a combination of Alan Hearns and Marquise Lee. That's how forgettable all three of those guys are. That's wicked funny. Yeah. So I will just say that after we have to remember that after five weeks, you can't, I wouldn't be drastically redoing your rookie ranks. It's definitely new in material that you need to account for, but don't just go out and pay. Don't sell. Don't trade away DeAndre Swift for James Robinson just after five weeks, guys. That's my point. <laughs> That's not even the same person, but whatever. I get it. You know what I'm trying to say? There's a guy who's been not been performing, whereas somewhat people are going crazy for James yeah. Robinson. Let's just keep in mind it's been five weeks. Things yeah. changed drastically. I but I think it's pretty obvious that we can see that C D Lamb's gonna sustain, you know? I had moved on from the C D Lamb conversation at this point. That's fine. That's fine. I'm gonna keep bringing it up every once in a while because you were you were a hater. You were not a believer. You were not a yes, true my believer. Wide receiver one. You were not a true, a true believer. David, tell them where they can find you. So 
Funny story, guys. Uh, Dynasty Happy Hour has is no more. I had a very good two two months at Dynasty Happy Hour, but it just shows you when you love AJ Green too hard, too fast, too much, and for too long, you can close down a very well established fantasy football site. So, just <laughs> I need to know that going forward. I should have by next time people hear us on the mic, I should have some very very big news about where I'll be writing for. Um, in the future, I just it's not it's not has not been announced uh, publicly yet, so I'm going to hold that close to the vest. But I'm extremely excited, major goal of mine, and I'm I'm just happy to get back and and uh, sling sling the poop with you guys and uh, ruck it up a little bit. So it was fun talking to you guys tonight. It was fun, Sean. Where they can find you, my friend? You can try and find me over on Twitter, but I turned my notifications off because I've been added somehow to like a thousand group chats and yeah. Um, you just turn off the group notification. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> what I was just going back through was our catalog here and listening to the CD Lamb debate. I'm just taught the, your ability to misremember things is is legendary. <laughs> it's legendary. You should run for political office. It's just it's fantastic. I have the best takes. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, your your best bet is just right here at a tale of two rivals. Looking forward to just being back in the mix and fighting and scrapping and clawing over hot takes and misremembered takes and everything in between. I will claim that I might have misremembered Sean's take, but I yes. definitely am not wrong about David just being an absolute emo kid about uh, my CD Wham take. Oh, too early, too high. Emo is strong. I don't know why I went with emo. Whatever. I liked my emo in high school. I loved my emo. That Jimmy Eat World sense. was great. Well, yeah, what was your favorite emo band? Oh, it's probably either Fall Out Boy or Jimmy Eat World. Yeah, Jimmy Eat World was mine. Yeah, I liked them too, actually. I don't know why I went emo. I don't know. All American Rejects was a good one, too. <laughs> oh, my God. That was a... Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you can find me at FF underscore Banterman on Twitter. Hit me up. Banter all day. Loving it. I am still writing over at the Dynasty Football Digest, doing mostly Debbie stuff, hoping to be doing a little bit more of that. With school year starting up, teaching's been a little crazy, so my writing's been a little bit more down. Though you could definitely hit me up on Twitter. I'm always down to do some banter and actually have some dialogue going on. Gentlemen, it's been fun. I, you know, I really look forward to continuing to throw CD Lame down Dave's throat because he was not a believer. And uh, until next time. If anybody's actually putting like DK Metcalf and CD Lamb as their one and their two, that's a little insane at this point. Like that's that's a little bit too much at this point in my. Are opinion. they within your top five? They're within my top ten. Top ten. Like I'm sorry. Like like is Michael Thomas like never playing football again? Like, <laughs> like Chris I, Godwin like, has did, just did, apparated did into Kill oblivion. Not have like is Tyreek Hill like ancient and not with Pat Mahomes? Like I'm sorry, it's ridiculous. I, I would say a very strong... I just didn't want to beat a dead horse here. DJ Moore, I'd be buying him everywhere if I could. Well, my, I think my whole point of picking CD was is that, like, after, like, if I would wait, like, a couple more weeks and I'm like, 
this is clearly not even worth talking about anymore. It's like if you wanted him, you need to get him now before there absolutely is no chance. Because it's just, oh, it's only been five weeks. Actually, if you bought him, I feel like after this week, it got significantly more expensive. But what are you going to do? They got the Red Mamba behind behind them, you know? I don't know how that's going to work out. I mean, they were already bad, right? He's just going to fulfill expectations. Well, I mean, their defense was particularly bad. Their quarterback didn't suck, you know? So, <laughs> But now their quarterback is, you know, he has difficult time throwing, like, slants, you know? <laughs> so, um, anyways... But yeah, but David, you absolutely did rain on my top 12 take. Yes, I did. Todd, that's, it's called bantering, think, my friend. I think the best way to put it is Dave snickered at Sni- your top 12 take. He did snicker. He snickered I did. I at it. it. Ah, I did it for theater. I like C.D. Lamb here, people. Sean, Sean, I absolutely need to just start throwing you for wordplay. Be like, Sean, describe this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> He's just... Sean, that's Sean. what it was i just played it back i had myself muted that's why it took me a second to jump in on the outro yeah. was because i was playing it back through i was like no this is bullshit what did what you I say said? i said that lamb would Michael be the Gallup's one so wide receiver one. Oh, he'd be the one not off. this year <laughs> i said lamb would be the weird well the whole conversation was about 2021 right and i said in 2021 lamb would be the one Gallup would be the two because their success this year would make Cooper irrelevant to the point where Dallas would yep. move on and not pay him a Yep, okay. I thought that you were saying about 2020 when we were talking today. We weren't ta- Well, we weren't talking about 2020 in the conversation you were referencing. I think I referenced 2020. Then we started talking. Then it kind of like moved towards 2021. No, it was, the, it was the plant the flag episode. And your flag plant was get CeeDee Lamb now because he's a top 12 receiver in 2021. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. That was a whole reference. That's and Dave point. couldn't see past his zipper busting love for Amari Cooper. That's hey, true. Amari Cooper has been exactly what I've said he was going to be. And CD frustrating. No, he's been he's the wide receiver ten right now, and that's after getting two targets with minus Dak last week. So who yeah, I'm who not got who had eleven him. last week? Oh, CD oh, Lamb. I'm all I'm saying is I'm not too. Michael Gallup had Amari more Cooper. once Dak was out as well. And uh-huh. I have a perfect, I have a perfect excuse now. If Amari doesn't hit, I can say, "Well, I'm sorry that uh, Dak had to give up his ankle." So, so oh, shut up! Could become the wireless. Shut oh, I'm t- up! I will definitely use that. That's fine. Yeah, that's okay. That's your scapegoat. That's all good. Are we are we good on the outtakes when we stop recording? 